Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, Superintendent of the West Aurora Schools, and welcome to Episode 32 of the West Aurora 129 Podcast. Today, we are joined by an educator who has spent her nearly 20-year career focused on early childhood and special education. And most recently, she made the move from assistant principal at our Early Learning Academy to now the principal at Hope D. Wall School. And we welcome today Kelly Pearson. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yes. So there's, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you. And this is a great opportunity for our community to get to meet and get to know you a little bit. Sure. Uh, but tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what drew you into early uh, education, early childhood education, and special education. Good. Um, so I am from uh, Sycamore, Illinois, not too far from here. Um, I went to Northern Illinois University and got my undergrad in early childhood special education. Home of the Spartans and the Huskies. Yes, both. Um, Very close to one another. And um, then I did my um, master's degree here at Aurora to get my leadership degree, and I'm currently in the doctoral program. My proposal is almost ready to go, so I shouldn't be far from finishing that at Aurora. But I have two kids, 17, or almost 17, and 11, and so we're kind of nearing one leaving, which is kind of weird. As far as what drew me to the career, I initially wanted to be a lawyer. I went to Elgin Community College first, and I wanted to be an attorney. My mom always said, you're great at arguing, so <laughs> I thought I'd give it a try. Um, I, had a, I had a class who happened to be someone my mom went to high school with who was an attorney, and she drew up on the board how much debt we would be in, and I was like, well, I'm not doing that job. So I always thought I could be a teacher, and then I decided that that's the career I kind of wanted to go down. Back when I started school at NIU, it was they put you in lines of, like, what degree do you want? Get in line. And I kind of was bouncing between early childhood, special ed, which line should I get in? And I went to the early childhood line, and that's where I started. And shortly after that is when they offered early childhood people to get a special education degree. So I was able to kind of do both at the same time. I knew I wasn't really interested in teaching general education, so this ended up being kind of the best of both worlds and has proven to be where I, I want to be in my career. So Wow. Yeah. You know, it, when you talk about the lines, you know, getting ready to select yes. your courses and your majors, and because I, I, too, was an NIU undergrad just a few years before you. <laughs> But it, boy, it takes me back because mm-hmm. there was long, long lines. It was legit, and you had legitimate cards. lines. Yeah. Yes, they gave you a card, and they're like, "Pick a line." Go and my it mom's out. like, "Pick a line." I'm like, "Well, how do you, this is my career? I'm 18 years old. <laughs> yes, what do I know?" Yeah. But you really picked a line. I mean, it's not like that now, pretty much. But yeah, that's what we did. And so I stood in the line and made a commitment. And I was in a 36-person cohort. We went to school together for two solid years to do the program. Had the same three professors for the whole time. It's good to do. Um, it was a really neat and amazing experience. And most of those people are still my closest friends today. We've raised our kids together. So it was a great, great time. Good fond memories, that's yep. for sure. Super. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break. Uh, I have a, this is a two-part. I'm going to break it apart sure. both uh, for, because I know you spent You've kind of vacillated back and forth between early childhood yeah. and SPED, but I want to I want to separate those for the purpose of this discussion. Sure. Can you talk about any any moments that come to mind that kind of influenced your career in terms mm-hmm. of early childhood? What yeah. What were some things that really stand out for you? Yeah. When I was in college, I had a professor. His name was Dr. Matuku. He was from Kenya. He had come to this country to go to school, and he he just had such a unique way to present education to us from the early childhood lens, having been a teacher in Kenya in a place where they had no water. 
where he just had a room with all the kids in it. And he always told us, like, your job is to teach the whole child and the whole family. But it didn't really make a lot of sense when yeah. I was 19. But as I, as I spent time reflecting on him over the years, he probably had one of the earliest major impacts on, on me for understanding that our job in early childhood is to address the whole family. It's not just the student. It's not just the education. It's the whole process. And then from there, as I went into the classroom, I think it was kids along the way that really were pivotal. One of my first students with autism came early my first year. I, I didn't know what I, we didn't know what we were doing at that time. It was earlier when kids on the autism spectrum were coming into classrooms at three or four years old. Yeah. And learning from him that nothing was impossible as long as we were willing to try. And the things he was able to accomplish because neither of us quit on each other. And that's when I really became aware of paraprofessionals. That child had a one-on-one paraprofessional. We became a team. And I realized then that with the parent, we had to do this job together. And that really was pivotal to me in understanding that all kids can do anything as long as we're willing to put in that effort. And there was kids that followed him who, who really taught me about patience and understanding and compassion and the determination to, I had parents, I just want to hear my kids say mom. Yeah. Well, I had a job to do to make sure that happened. And so I think all of those moments along the way have kind of carved what early childhood and primarily special education become about is the whole system and making sure that we're keeping the the needs of the student and the family in mind at all times, being willing to go above and beyond for what that needs to look like for the student and and creating things that some people may think as impossible. So there were lots of things along the way. And even some of the parent objectives, it's, you yeah. know, about wanting to hear their child say, mom. Yep. I mean, those are some things that we just assume sometimes and take for granted. One of my favorite, favorite kiddos, and he's in college now. And when I met his mom at three, she handed me a piece of paper and she said, Kelly, these are the 19 sort of words I think he has. Hmm. And I kept it and I put it in a folder. She said, I just want to hear him say my name. I want to hear him say his name for safety. And that kid left speaking in five-word sentences. He is in a, he is in a college now. Um, they moved to Michigan, and he speaks at the Judson Center for Autism. Wow. He hosted his school talent shows. But we had to figure out a way to unlock that for him. And, and that's all that, all that they wanted, you know, to be able to hear him communicate and to see him go to school now and college. And, you know, I'm still connected with the family is pretty remarkable. And some of my first kids are 22 and, you know, kind of finishing that transition world. And it, it really has been remarkable to partner with families. And I think that that's one of the biggest pieces I've learned along the way is that it wasn't just me and the people in the classroom, I had to bring them alongside because that's their child. They're with them way more than we are. And keeping in mind what they need is really critical. You know, that's probably something that you, just that what you just described is something that people that aren't in the world of education have no concept mm -hmm. of the impact of the the relationships, the, the collaborations and partnerships with families that we have and um, how important and special they are. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're not face value at the moment, but maybe a few days, months, weeks, uh, years removed. Yeah. Uh, certainly plays a big role in our world. And one of my favorite families, they came in at three, and it's a hard experience to bring your three-year-old and, and admit that there is a special need and they need support. And she was real, there's nothing, you guys aren't going to need to do much. 
you know, and now he's 16 and she still calls me for help. Yeah. You know, it took a while, but I had to show her that it was going to be okay, that we could do this together. And I think that particular child taught me a lot about advocacy, being the advocate, not only for the family, but for the kiddo to make sure that he got the experiences he deserved, but they also got to where they needed to be as a family. And I can't tell you how many of over the 20 years parents that I still have contact with who still might message me on Facebook and say, Kelly, we need help, yep. you know? Um, but that's, that's what I take more from that is there was hundreds of kids, but the relationships that you build with the families and you become part of their system of support. And it's just, that's part of early childhood, but it's also the biggest part of special education in the same, same token. Sure. So I'm going to, this is a, a challenge that we always run into mm -hmm. when people, they go, what's this Hope Wall School? Mm -hmm. So if I could ask you to um, share with our audience what Hope Wall is, mm -hmm. what its purpose is, generally the type of students that we have there. Sure. And then I think the, the added nuance of we partner with our, mm -hmm. our, uh, our friends across the river in District 131, East yeah. Aurora. Um, and so that's a unique collaboration as well. Yeah. So if you could talk us through that so our folks could understand sure. better what happens there. So Hope Wall is a school designed um, in the continuum of services we have in West Aurora and also obviously part of East Aurora being a partnership that's designed to serve students only with special education needs from a variety of backgrounds, maybe disabilities and things like that, from early childhood all the way through transition to kids leaving after their year of turning 22. Um, the so for, for folks that don't understand what transition is, so we we start some of our kids at three years old. Correct. And some of them are with us at Hope Wall from three all the way through the age of 22. Correct. So after they graduate high school at that 18 age, they will spend their time in a transition program, really learning the skills that they need to become, you know, members of the community and, and be able to do things. So. Our school is divided into a variety of different departments. Our early childhood program obviously works with the rest of our early childhood programs in the district. We have a multi-needs program that's kind of for our kids when they leave preschool, what, is, what are they going to need from us as they kind of move on? We have a program designed to work with some of our kids who have more of those autism spectrum needs. We have a life skills program where kids, as they're aging up towards transition, this is the opportunity to see the variety of things that they can access and skills that they can create for that community lifelong learning. We have an exceptional needs department that looks at embracing the support that some of our students need just from the holistic lens of, of addressing all areas of need and development, and then our transition program. We also offer specials. Our kids get the opportunity for art and music, library, PE, all of those pieces in, in a system that's designed with multiple related services and, and opportunities for kids to get all of their needs met in the building. So our partnership with East Aurora is that um, we receive kids from them as part of their continuum of service. They have a coordinator who comes to all of our meetings and really listens in to support their families and engage with that. Our nurses will collaborate with one another um, and we really get the opportunity to kind of work through and across the river with one another as best as possible to meet the needs of all kids that we can. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the layperson, when people hear your description, 
I'm not sure that they, and you, you covered the, the, mm-hmm. the depth and breadth, but specifically some of those, some of these kids, uh, they would be in an outplacement situation if we didn't have hope Correct. wall. Yes. Because the needs are more dramatic and well beyond what our comprehensive buildings Correct. could provide. Yeah. So some of our kids are nonverbal. Absolutely. Some of our kids are not mobile on their own. Some of our kids have trach tubes just mm-hmm. to breathe. They yeah. need help with some of the basic fundamental yes. life skills of yes. eating, sleeping, standing, walking, yes. talking. All of it. Um, and so these are extreme care, yeah. extreme cognitive challenges, extreme physical challenges, mm-hmm. and sometimes combinations. Yes. And we chose as a district to keep our kids in our district, in our buildings. And that was that's why this is a very special yeah. place for us. Absolutely. And roughly 170 180-something yeah. right now, kids we're close to. And, and to that point, Hope Wall employs almost 60 paraprofessionals yeah. to uplift the needs on top of all of our classrooms. So it is a lot. We have one-on-one nurses. We have kids with a variety of, of needs. But what's so great about Hope Wall is that it's a, it's a, it's a special place where that's, that's what we do. And even despite a variety of needs or, or things of that nature, it's a home for our kids where that's not something that other people aren't experiencing. Absolutely. Um, and so it's really a welcoming environment for them. And our teachers are just so skilled in, in addressing all of that. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And it takes a very unique set of skills. It does. And, you know, to that point, even, you know, what was it? Jeez. Two, three years ago when we built the, the playground uh, mm-hmm. that was um, special needs accessible, mm-hmm. I mean, for all types of our kids, whether yeah. they're wheelchair bound, whether they're on assisted uh, devices, uh, built a very special uh, playground that is probably something we'd hold up in any community as, uh, as, a, as a landmark for helping kids experience that play mm-hmm. that uh, all we assume all other kids can access. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I know our, you know, and I know especially our transition kids because that's our 18 to 22 year group. But what other services and opportunities do our kids experience from Hope Wall aside from the the academic instruction and the other supports that, that we give there? What other things are kind of extensions of our classroom do our kids get the opportunities? We have an exceptionally creative group of people at Hope Wall who work there. Um, the amount of after-school opportunities afforded to kids is pretty amazing. This year, we started our own baseball team, and that was amazing to watch. And there was no creativity spared on making sure that that was an amazing experience for our students. A scoreboard, a snack shack, I, there was no no expense uh, spared on that. So we have a baseball team for our students, a basketball team, yes. a cheerleading squad, clubs there's this year is going to be a new cooking club that's a skill that we take for granted yes um but that's a skill that our kids need a lot of practice on so that maybe they can make their own sandwich or prepare their own lunch at home after they leave school we had someone start a a green club to work on recycling and taking care of our school we have girl scouts we have an art club People go above and beyond to make sure that what stuff looks like for kids in your comprehensive buildings, we get the opportunity to do too. Yeah, fabulous musicals and yes, plays. Yes, we're having a big one this Incredible. week. Incredible. The, the dances. We have our own homecoming. We make sure to align that with when the district does and, and have our own homecoming king and queen because we have high school students who Absolutely. want that experience. All of our own dances, things like that that kids would get, but we're able to make it possible for them in an environment where... Everyone is like them, 
And it's, it's a place where it's just those are the most fun things to watch at Hope Wall is to come and see a basketball game or things like that where the kids are just so comfortable and confident. I think it's the confidence you see from them that is the most inspiring thing to watch. But that baseball was new and it was it was a blast. The kids loved it. I think there was 32 kids that signed up wow. to stay after. So the amount of staff that put in extra time to pull that off and and get them dressed with the jerseys and the uniforms and all of it, get the, you know, helmets and bats. It was it was fun. And they're extremely proud. Oh, so that proud. They were able to participate. Yes. Very proud. And so I, proud. I remember the uh, the basketball game over at that we took our kids over to the high school mm -hmm. and we brought our West High high school students in to be spectators. Mm -hmm. And the support and the it, it was it was incredible to see them interact and it, you know talk about the joy and the complexity. Yep. The joy of being able to do that and showcase mm -hmm. what they love to do in front of their their non-typical peers mm -hmm. was incredible. Yeah. Uh, just really proud to be able to see our kids appreciate kids that didn't look and act like them. Correct. Uh, was That's great. one of their favorite games. It'll be coming soon. Absolutely. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. So we talked earlier, you you spent some time at Hope Wall as an mm -hmm. assistant principal yep. several years ago, and then we split it off and made that a full-time position there, and then you were over at Early Childhood uh, Academy, spent many years there. So you're in your first almost half year. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> with hands on the reins. <laughs> yep. And you've been able to add some a different lens now mm -hmm. um, from from that perspective. Um, thus far, what's what's been your takeaway from your experience, um, how it feels to be in, in the chair yeah, um, and to be able to work with that dynamic staff that you've yeah. talked about? I heard from them early on that there was this desire to reignite this flame around that Hope Wall staff are a family. It takes a village to do this work. And what's been so amazing to watch is just the the way in which the group has come back together under not only myself, but a, another new person in that AP-ish role. Yeah. We're both new, not new to the school, but new to our roles in guiding and leading them through this. But what's been the, the most impressive thing to me is to watch the staff over these several months have conversations around what we believe in at Hope Wall School and despite having 30 new staff members this school year with a lot. 25 new paras, new teachers, and breaking people up and asking them to talk to f people that they may not have before, we all landed on the same things. And so there were so many aha moments for the staff that we are really more alike than we are different. And so what they told me early on really kind of came to fruition in that they value as a, as a group being a team. There is no mm. way that work could be done without it. They value as a, as a staff being compassionate. We have to have compassion for one another in those moments when things are tough. And we have to have compassion for our students and our families. Um, they really value these ideas around adaptability. How could you not? I mean, every moment they have to pivot. Yes. What you think is your plan is all the way from A to Z real quick. Um, but we also have to be able to live in a lot of moments at the same time and make decisions kind of quickly. And then this idea around perseverance. We can't quit a as a group. And it could be easy to say that's not possible, but that just isn't the mindset of the staff. And you may, other people may look at kids and think, well, they can't do that. But I've not seen somebody not go above and beyond to prove that wrong. 
Um, and this last, lastly is just a, a staff that really believes in ensuring that we have dignity for our students and making sure that they get the experience that we'd want any other child to get. But we also have to acknowledge they need help and support. But are we doing that through the lens of being mindful of what they deserve as a human being? And so that's really been remarkable to watch people of all different backgrounds, some with one day experience in the building to 25, 30 years, really they all are on the same page. And early on, um, there was this concept that they wanted to live this year that every moment matters. And that kind of kept being repeated. And so we chose that to kind of kick off our school year, that every moment we have together matters to communicate, to connect, to collaborate. It's important. And we're seeing it. And it's really amazing to watch, you know, through through us being able to facilitate and guide them, the staff is really reigniting that piece of themselves. And, and it's it's really cool to watch. And I'm, I'm proud to be there with them because I think leadership is a choice. I chose that that career for myself. And it's not my job to tell them how to do things, but to ask them questions to start the fire themselves around what they're looking for. And, and that has proven to be pretty successful so far. How does it feel to be able to make that type of a, an impact and have that type of influence? I'm, I'm very proud of, of what we've been able to do. And I think that it's from years of experience. It's from a lot of time spending. I can't not think about all this time I spent in early childhood and having access to the home visiting model and a mental health consultant who taught me a lot about reflection and teamwork and mindfulness and, and how to ask questions and how to bring teams together. It, it's all coming full circle yeah. for me now. And so I, I feel really good about where we are. And I genuinely, some, I don't feel like it's work. I, I, th I think a lot about how I want to do things. I'm very mindful about my approach, but it doesn't feel like work to me because I'm really happy with where we are. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you another full circle type question. You talked earlier about your time when you were a 19 year old and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what you wanted to be in life. Yeah. And um, now you can, you know, 20 some years later, having that body of work behind you, what kind of advice and how would you counsel uh, our young folks that are considering special education or, you know, is this where I want to go? Maybe it's education itself. Mm -hmm. But then when I want to specify and I want to I want to focus my specialty, um, how would you give them some guidance? I get the opportunity to teach at um, the university still sometimes. And that has offered me a unique lens into remembering what it was like to be in their <laughs> shoes at 19, especially on Zoom, um, trying to teach them and, and open up those doors. But I think one thing I had to learn myself and I would tell anybody in the starting out now is you think, how am I going to go into this early childhood or special education? I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm doing. And you get a lot of the background, but the learning happens as you go and have those field experiences. Sure. Um, I walked into student teaching and I was like, what's this? I no one this wasn't in a book. And I had to just be willing to learn. And I think people that want to go into special education, if you find yourself as someone who's fairly creative, who is open to problem solving, who likes to find ways to make things happen that other people might think are impossible, that is the avenue for you to explore because you're not going to know everything when you leave school. But are you open to being a good teammate? Are you open to being someone who can can work with others through a lens of 
just trying to explore how you make something happen as a group of people. But what I've what I've told the students is is that you know when I teach them or when I talk to people that come in when I had my own student teachers is you just got to get out there and try and and get out there and start to explore and learn from each moment. Just practice reflection, practice mm-hmm. when I had this interaction with the student that didn't go well, what happened there and ask yourself those questions. So I think encouraging people to go in the field, special education is the place to be. Right now, it's where we need people the most, huge demand, because we have such diverse learners anymore who need so much from us. So I, I don't want people to think you have to know it all to get your first position. You just have to be willing and able to learn, and you've got to come with this foundation that you believe in children and that you believe that kids can and will learn and that you're willing to try um, really hard at and making things happen for students and there's the learning happens in the field it really does uh, as you get your get kind of get your feet wet in the environment great advice yeah great advice. that's Thanks all i can say that. so i know you said that your role you don't see it as work but there's there's some time for balance oh for sure and so uh, what are some things that you do to balance your work life with some things that you enjoy outside of work yeah So when I was teaching, I would find myself at home piled in boxes and I had to learn early on. I have to figure out a way to to separate these things so that I don't, you know, bleed over work life into home too much. And that that takes time. As a new teacher, I would work all Saturday and Sunday and and that took time. Um, But for myself now, again, having, like I mentioned, practiced some mindfulness and learning how to reflect, I spend my time driving into school, having a phone call. I'll either talk to my sister or my mom on the way in. And I drive home in silence. I don't play the radio. I don't make a phone call. I really spend that time just reflecting on my day. I have about 35 minutes from door to door to do so. And I choose to reflect on the day and go home. Um, And I I don't try to bring things. I'll answer my emails and stuff later, but I don't try to bring things home with me because I want to be... I I choose to be mindfully present at work and be focused on what I need to there and choose to do that at home as well. I coach softball for enjoyment for my daughter. It's like I have more time on my hands working and doing a dissertation and doing that. So that brings me a lot of joy just to see how a lot of those skills that you use there transfer to 12-year-old girls, um, which is fun. And I I take care of myself. I try to go. I I make my nail appointments. I, 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 I do things for me. Um, that I need to. And as a family, we love to vacation. I, I believe strongly you only live once. And I want my kids to experience the world in ways that I didn't get to as a, mm. as a kid. So we love to travel and we love to plan trips as a family and, and do things like that. So I really believe that you have to be able to live your life and then also be able to give fully to both of those as best as possible. Or you burn out and that's a real thing. It's a it real, real thing. thing. And I think if you don't notice those things happening and do something about it, that's where it becomes hard. Um, but I've learned over the years to do that. Yeah, I, I give advice well. I don't necessarily follow it well. <laughs> so I'm not a great, great model for that. Yeah. So um, as we look to wrap up here, um, you know, there's a lot of combat of language and uh, rhetoric about public education um, has probably elevated uh, the the conflicts on both sides of, of the, the conversation in the last couple of years. And you know that I, you've heard me say it many, many times about elevating the conversation in the West Rural School District. 
and specifically in public education. So if I could ask you to share with our community, our listeners, about your perspective on the state of public education today. Yeah. I think when I reflect on that piece and think about where where we are and, and what this district has is that public education is more than just what we provide kids in the classroom. And I'm coming from having worked in or working in two of the more unique schools in our district, being the Early Learning and Hope Wall. And what, what connects with me is something I mentioned early on that advice was given to me when I was 19 and it didn't make sense, was that we are responsible for the whole child and the whole family. This is a system that we don't just get kids and can separate all the things that, that their families may need or experience. And when I think about what what I did at the Early Learning Academy with the home visiting and um, the resources and support for our families that are given at that early childhood level is is unparalleled to things you can access elsewhere. The the amount of people that that go into homes and help to break down the barriers to get kids to school or to make sure families can access things that they need, or to provide education on why getting your kids to school is so important. That doesn't happen everywhere. And then flip to Hope Wall in a place where you mentioned earlier, some of these kids have been there for 19 years. That is a home. That is a second home for our students. And the, the way in which we address the system, the whole family system, is very unique and something we, because we are here and we have the resources to do so, it's well beyond the classroom. And, and I think that that's where it gets lost. And, well, this score or that, I understand that, but we are addressing the whole system of the family, and that's something that I feel is so unique here, having spent my time in those really different types of buildings to see the approach is well beyond what happens in the classroom. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And I also want to appreciate, thanks for being here and, You're and sharing your Thank thoughts. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, uh, really look forward to, to seeing you doing some great things Thank as you. you continue to build uh, your your relationship with that staff, with mm-hmm. students, and with those families, yeah. uh, working with that whole family mentality. Yeah. And so thank you for all that you do, and thanks for your conversation today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Please remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time.